Whoop, whoop, whoop. So many exciting things to tell you. I'm going to keep it short and simple. Number one, my book is now free, a digital version of my book, Building Simple Habits to a Healthy Me. You can just sign up and get it for free. Number two, come and say hello on Instagram. I'm having fun on Instagram doing exciting reels. Number three, I have four amazing packages for my Positively Healthy program called Magical May exciting exciting if you want to find out more book a call and let's chat and lastly remember radiate and renew four simple habits simple but mighty habits is starting may the 15th so come and sign up for that hello 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 welcome to fit and fabulous with me dr lena i hope that you are feeling amazing 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 today okay today i want to talk to you about four habits for successful weight loss now a little bit of a backstory if we look at the statistics of weight loss they are abysmal they are horrible all the statistics say you're never going to lose weight nothing is ever going to work now i beg to disagree i see people losing weight and I see them successfully really transforming their lives. But I guess all the statistics are looking at, you know, the really big picture and and what is going on for most people. So some of the not so nice statistics, here's some statistics from a research review that was done in January 2018 by the Medical Clinics of North America. And they say that within two years, people tend to regain more than half the weight that they initially lost. And within five years, people tend to regain about 80% of of the weight they initially lost. Now on a side, it's not bad. Like, it's better to lose weight and put it back on than not lose the weight in the first place. So even if you are losing weight and putting it back on and think, oh my goodness, this is really frustrating. Yes, I agree with you. It is really frustrating, but it is better than not losing the weight at all. So really what you know statistics are saying is that the, for the vast majority of people, they might lose weight, but do they then put it back later on? And the answer is yes, the vast majority of people put it back Later on. Now, this is a big area of debate and people aren't 100% sure why. Science can't explain exactly why. Now, my take on this, you might guess my take, but my take on this is really all about habits and systems and routines. And what I think is going on is people have done something for a short period of time and then they go back to the old way of doing things. And really, if you want to do something and keep doing it and keep doing it, you really have to build it into your life. You have to build it into your identity. You have to build it into you wanting to do it. Now, obviously, this is what I work on with my clients. It's really about getting to the crux of it and creating a lifestyle that you really love so that you can do all of these things naturally. But there are four things that I want to talk about today. Now, this comes from something called the National Weight Control Registry, which is sort of like a bit like a database, like people sign up for it and, you know, give their you know, tell tell people what's going on. And this national registry has been going on for a long period of time. And I don't know how many numbers they have. I'm guessing it's lots and lots. But some, you know, they release papers of of where things are. And one of the things that they have done is looked at people who have successfully lost weight. And what they've said that is, is people who have lost at least 30 pounds for at least a year. So they've lost 30 pounds and they've kept it off for at least a year. And I think looking at things that work for other people is 
It doesn't necessarily mean it's going to work for you, but it's interesting because we want to be applying more of what works and less of what doesn't work. Now, I know that that's kind of a little bit of a difficult thing to say because it's really about what works for you. And just talking about these things doesn't necessarily mean you have to implement them, but I think it is a good sort of framework to have a look at. So the four things that they looked at, and they give the statistics as well of like, not everybody did all of these people. So there are some outliers of people who didn't do these things. But so for example, one thing, 90% of the people on this registry, they did exercise for a minimum, for an average of an hour a day. Now, exercise I love exercise and I'm always telling people, really, the thing that you need to focus on is what you're eating. And this is totally true. But exercise doesn't have to be hardcore going to the gym, getting really out of breath. Now, I do recommend that you do some getting out of breath at least once a week, if not more. And to be honest, I personally find I actually really enjoy getting out of breath now. And I used to be what I call exercise phobic. You know, when I was younger, I didn't exercise at all. And I wasn't really taught about how exercise is part of maintaining a a healthy body. When I grew up, sadly, I think in my school, it was very much like you, you do sports to win the game and that's it. And if you're not that sporty, we don't want you in our team. And I wasn't in any of the teams. Whereas now I really think there's a mindset shift and it's really about looking after your body and your mind as well. And I personally love getting out of breath. Not all the time, obviously, but I do make sure that even when things are hectic and life is busy lifing, that I'm doing a minimum of one swim a week. In the summer, I'm swimming every single day. It's winter now. Cycling, one run. And and that is my getting out of breath work. But also on top of that, if, you know, if you're not there yet, that's absolutely fine. Don't beat yourself up about that. But things like walking count and things like doing little seven minute exercises count. I also do a seven minute exercise Monday to Friday as well. What else counts? Gardening and dancing and housework. Housework counts. I mean, it does depend on the housework, obviously. But all of, and it does depend on the gardening as well. But all of these things add up. And really, I think sometimes people like I used to be are a little bit exercise phobic. You can really reframe that into movement. I need to move my body. And one thing I think is really important is, yes, our bodies do need to be moved. And it's that same thing that we always say, use it or lose it. It doesn't matter what it is. Our bodies are made of muscles and those muscles need to be exercised. So exercise an hour a day if you can manage it. Now, on a side note, I know that not everybody can manage it because they've got busy lives. And, you know, for example, if you've got young children, I have a client who has young children and she finds it difficult to exercise. So for the first year that she was working with me, she lost weight without doing any exercise at all, like, you know, very minimum exercise. Now she's got to the stage where she's lost the weight and she's working on building up fitness. Now, that's fine. It is absolutely fine. As I said right at the beginning, you don't have to take all of these things. Okay, next thing. Let's have a look. Oh, what was number two? Okay, so 78% of people ate breakfast every day. Now, here's my take on eating breakfast. The thing about breakfast is the reality is we all eat breakfast. Breakfast is the first meal of the day. So whether you call it lunch or breakfast, it's still basically breakfast. But My take on this is that you have a routine. It doesn't matter when you eat your breakfast and it doesn't matter what you eat for breakfast, but you're doing it consistently and that's a consistent meal as well. So for me, 
I always have breakfast. I have fruit and nuts and seeds and I either have porridge, which you might call oatmeal, or I have some whole grain like spelt. And the reason I have different things is because my kids have different things at the weekend and I like to eat spelt and they don't. They only like the porridge. So during the week we have porridge, all of us, and then at the weekend we have different things. But I have a consistent thing. And there are other studies as well that show that actually people's breakfast is normally the most healthy meal of the day. And the reason being because you have a habit you do the same thing. You've chosen your healthy breakfast and it's rinse and repeat every single day. Now you can add variety to that by having different fruits and different nuts and different seeds or whatever it works for you. If you're a smoothie person, you have different things that you put into smoothie, but you've created a solid habit around that meal. And so it's really easy to do it and you don't have to think about it. So my take on breakfast is whatever, what what works for you, create that system and stick to it. But one thing I think you need to avoid doing is thinking, okay, I'm going to skip breakfast and that's great because I'm going to be hungry and, you know, all of that. People think that's my body using up energy. Well, yes, to a certain extent it is if you're feeling hungry. Part of hunger is also just your routine, Like you've trained yourself to get hungry at certain times. So it doesn't necessarily equate to, I feel hungry, therefore I'm burning fat. But the danger I see in this is that people go, okay, I'm going to get hungry. And then I haven't really planned for what my next meal is. And now I'm going to reach for a donut because now I'm super, super hungry and it's the only thing available. And now I'm eating that donut. Whereas I would say you are much better off eating breakfast earlier with your healthy breakfast and planning your snack later on, rather than pushing yourself and falling into this trap of eating foods that aren't really going to help you lose weight. So breakfast is number two. And having said that, intermittent fasting is fabulous as well. And I think you can combine the two. It doesn't have to be one or the other. Okay. 75% of people weighed themselves at least once a week. Now it's only 75%. So that means that 25% didn't. Now, this again is another slightly controversial topic. And I have seen people who weigh themselves frequently and then they self-sabotage. What what do I mean by that? I mean, they weigh themselves and they go, aha, it's working. I'm losing weight. So now I deserve to eat chocolate. And you think, oh my goodness, please don't do that. You're doing so well. And now you're going to go backwards. Now you can dive in a little bit more as to thinking why that happens. I do think it's a good idea to weigh yourself or not necessarily weigh yourself, but have some way of measuring how you are doing. And there are several reasons for this. One one of the reasons is to keep your eye on the goal, to remember what you are doing, because really what happens is life happens and you are busy doing healthy stuff. Life gets busy you take your eye off the ball and you forget. And it's easy to get derailed and then think three or four weeks later, oh my goodness, I've totally forgotten about this. Now I've got work to do to get back on track. So if you have something that's keeping you accountable, keeping you motivated, keeping you thinking, yep, I'm moving forwards, that's a really good idea. Now, the other thing is also to be curious about it rather than judge yourself about it. So it's useful to have this measure to say, okay, things are going really well. Let's continue what I'm doing. I can see that this is working. And this is where I, this is what I say to my clients. When my clients start work with me and we set up like a system of what's what's going on, I'm like, okay, just keep doing this until you stop losing weight. And you need to know when you stop losing weight because 
it's not not necessarily that things have stopped working. It's that you need to do make a few more changes. Now, there's obviously two scenarios. One is that things are slipping backwards and you're starting to do things that you did before. But the other is that you have lost weight such that you've reached a new level and now you need to make a few more changes, whatever those changes may be. So weighing yourself regularly helps you to keep your eye on the ball. It helps you to understand what's going on, what's working and what's not working. But you, do, I do think it is a double-edged sword. And you do have to be aware that for some people, it really does push them into self-sabotaging. So this is a little bit about knowing yourself as well and knowing where you are in that. And remember, it was only, what did I say? 75% of people who did that. Now, 62% of people watched fewer than 10 hours of television a week. And I would really caveat that with, it's not necessarily television. It's also what I would call mindless screen time. Now, I know that we all have to sit at computers and work. So many of us do now. Obviously, we need to do that. But what I would say is you also want to make sure whilst you're doing that, that you are breaking up your day and moving a little bit. Our brains cannot work. They cannot focus. They cannot concentrate for hours and hours on end. You're much better off doing 45 minutes work, going and moving for a little bit and then coming back being productive. So it is this mindless screen time stuff. Am I spending more than 10 hours a week just sitting and doing like watching television or YouTube or whatever it is that you're doing. And I guess this ties in to the exercise, but that time, you build up that habit, that time could be spent doing something else. It could be spent preparing your food. It could be spent going for a walk. So it's really thinking about how are we spending our time? Okay, so I'm going to recap those four things. Number one, doing exercise, 90% of people did exercise for an average of an hour a day. 78% of people ate breakfast every single day. 75% of members weighed themselves at least once a week. And 62% of them watched fewer than 10 hours of television a week. So question for you, which of those are you doing and which of them aren't you doing? And of course, which of them can you see working for you? Now, remember, at the moment, I am offering my Get Unstuck chat. So if you would like to come and chat to me and really chat about, hey, I'm feeling stuck, I want to lose weight, I want to do it in a healthy and sustainable way, I'm feeling stuck and I don't know how to move forwards, then feel free to book a call and take advantage of this free hour. And we will talk about where you are feeling stuck, what's going on for you. We will talk about What is possible if you get unstuck? And this is really the exciting bit. This is your motivation. This is like, oh my goodness, I could do all these amazing things. And we will talk about how I can help you if that's what you're interested in. So my friends, have a lovely, lovely week. And please remember as well, if you find my podcast useful, I would really love it if you could share it with your friends, family, other people who will find it interesting. It really just helps me to reach other people. Have a fabulous week. And I look forward to talking to you next week. Bye-bye. 